All right, guys, welcome to today's podcast. And on the show today, we are wrapping up the goat hunt. Yes, that's right. The finale of the goat hunt is finally here. I'm excited to share it with you. And it was a brutal hunt, something I would never forget for sure. A memory of a lifetime. And we had a ton of fun hiking up and down the mountains out in Colorado. But it was brutal to say the least. I mean, it was just constant up and down, up and down, um, getting up to 13,000 feet multiple times, looking for goats, trying to figure out where they're moving, where they're crossing, what hillsides they're hanging out on. Um, but it was all worth it. We had a great time. You'll hear how it all wraps up here in the episode shortly. But uh, here in Missouri, we are struggling, or I am struggling, I guess I should say. It was... Uh, a rainy day this morning, I went and sat in the stand, actually just got back from the stand, and I did not see a single deer. Um, the weather conditions were perfect. We had a cold front move in and um, just a light precipitation all morning long. I thought it was going to be a great day to hunt deer because the highs from yesterday to today dropped about 20 degrees. The lows dropped more than that. And so I thought it would get deer on their feet leading up to the storms rolling in here this afternoon and for the next three days. But unfortunately, that did not happen. We, uh, or I didn't see anything. So, whoa, I need to take that back. I did see a buck. I saw actually a really big buck. And I was within like probably six to ten feet of it. But unfortunately, it was on my way to the stand this morning in my car. I could have very easily hit this deer, but I slowed down. It ran down the road in front of me for about 20 feet before jumping across the fence, but it was a nice buck. So I did have a little bit of action today. I didn't fully get skunked. Um, anyways, all that said, I'm excited to share this podcast with you. We're going to dive right in. So I hope you guys enjoy it. I hope you uh, have followed along with the journey so far and here it comes. Like, he was doing things that were just badass. That was one of the coolest moments of my life. I was really scared, but knowing that Dan had the gun, I did have the rifle, like, we would be okay. All right, guys, so uh, day number two of the actual hunt, and we are back at lower elevation camp. Sean, tell him about it. Uh, we went after this morning, or this morning we went after the same goat we saw yesterday and didn't see it for a good, what, 45 minutes probably? Yep. And finally it just stood up on this little rock outcropping and we watched it for quite a while and it fed down, got into, uh, the same area we saw it yesterday. Uh, after a couple hours of glassing it, I realized that it wasn't a billy, but a good nanny, and the only one in the basin. We didn't have any way out of the basin, so it was kind of the only play that we had and the only opportunity we've seen so far, so kind of a no-brainer at that point to take the shot when the shot's presented. Yeah, it was awesome. I mean, he shot it, and... Man, it was really close to falling off of a cliff. I mean, feet away from falling off of a cliff. And it wasn't where he shot it initially, but then 
it kind of rolled a little bit and then as we were grabbing gear to go after it it must have gotten up and tumbled some more because we looked back and we were like oh crap it could fall off the cliff at any second so that was a lot of fun uh the toughest hiking either of us have ever done to get up there and then even harder almost i would say coming back down um it was sketchy there were a couple spots where we had to sit down on our butts and just slide down the mountain um but josh was back here at lower elevation camp and how many goats did you see today i saw 18 but it's entirely possible some of those are doubles but at least 13 individual different goats um a couple back behind us on the mountain we just left but most of them were down canyon um as kind of backup place just in case you guys kind of struck out where you were or just found nannies or kind of got stuck where you were and needed to come back out i was spotted two uh that were alone and a little bit lower um so it was just kind of game planning what we could do to go after those the, the rest were all up high all had kids so we're definitely nannies and kids but saw 18 from camp here today and it was awesome we got back to camp and he, you were like hey i got water ready for you guys you had the camp ready for us to hang I out did. again i did i knew i couldn't make it yesterday just once we emptied packs and looked up that sheer face and the avalanche of trees and other stuff i just knew that yes i'd lost some weight for this uh hunt and done a lot of uh, hiking at home with sean but just there was just no way i knew just from experience i've had that i wasn't gonna be able to make that that climb especially in the amount of time that we had and i didn't want all three of us to get stuck up there in bad position so i knew the least i could do here was look for a bear uh find some other goats for backup opportunities and then prep camp for when you guys came in because the last thing I'd want for you guys to do is come in dehydrated and tired and exhausted and I have to run down to the the stream to get water and we have to wait for it to filter and meanwhile you guys are suffering so I figured I'd have four liters ready clean and good to go and another four liters in the dirty bag to filter as we were hydrating so at least I could do is get camp ready man it was a treat for sure <laughs> sitting down on that log taking the pack off and you're like hey do you want some water i've got some clean water i'm like oh yes please i need some terribly but yeah we we uh drank some water got camp set up uh for sean and i um because josh already had his camp set up but then we went down and did some more trout fishing and josh tell them i mean if you're okay tell oh, them yeah. your secret lure yeah, I gotta give uh, all the credit to my dad on this one. It's a Panther Martin uh, spinner. It's, we call it the Killer Bee. It's got the yellow body with the red uh, polka dots on it and then the silver uh, spinning blade on it. Uh, I prefer the one with the red hooks to make it look like it's kind of trailing. And it uh, it's, a, it's a killer lure, man. Those brookies just can't lay off of it. Um, we've caught, I don't know, 24 trout in probably 40 minutes of fishing. Yeah. Just the three of us uh, just hammering uh, that little lure. And it's not like I, we have the best gear right now to go with it. I have a little ice fishing pole, just a little itty-bitty Shakespeare, <laughs> ugly stick Shakespeare ice fishing pole. But you wing it out there, and that thing hits the water, and I don't know what bug it looks like. So we just figured it always looked kind of like a bee or something, but they just can't lay off of it. And I've tried other lures. I've tried other Pender Martins, and... 
this one definitely seems to be the one that they just can't get enough of in the high mountains. Yeah, it's, it was a ton of fun catching fish, but that, that little ice fishing rod took some <laughs> getting used to for sure it trying does. to cast. <laughs> I will give credit to Sean because we had a little uh, bet going who could catch a fish in the least amount of casts, and he started out strong and caught one in two casts. So I, f- I finished strong too. You had a you kind of had a lull in the middle, but yeah, you did finish strong, and you did catch the biggest trout until I caught the biggest trout. <laughs> we ate yours, so we don't know for sure yet. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't want to measure it. That's why. If you knew yours was bigger, you'd be like, let's let's lay him down side by side. But yeah, it's been a crazy couple days out here, and actually today when Sean and I were glassing after. After we got the goat, um, we were back at camp eating lunch and uh, just getting camp packed up to head back down the mountain. And we looked up, and I, I was like, man, there's something white way up on the ridge line. And we're pretty sure it was the smaller goat that we saw last night before going to bed. And then it disappeared, and he's like, oh, hey, look, there's a hunter right there. And so we just figured it must have been the hunter that we saw, and it looked like just white, and we assumed it was a goat. Well, then we see the guy sit down on the saddle and the white dot comes back up. So we looked at it and there was a goat 40 yards from this guy (laughs) and he was just sitting there taking pictures. He had a rifle, but I'm guessing it was just a kid based on what we saw last night. It looked pretty small, Um, but that was pretty cool. Yep. Sean, tell him about the uh, hike out. Ugh. (laughs) <laughs> enough said they know everything they need to yeah we uh kind of we got off of the track we were on yesterday ended up taking a different path and it led us through some of the nastiest country i've ever been in i've done a lot of uh western big game hunting and never had to trudge through some crap like that we uh got cliffed out a time or two we slid down on our butts once in a, into a spot that we weren't quite sure we'd get out of. We could see 40 yards, but we didn't know what was beyond that. We got lucky there. And just more down timber than I've ever had to deal with. I mean, you couldn't go 20 steps without crossing a couple logs, and it was just trying on the body. My knees were tired by the time I got out. Yeah, I mean, altogether, we've probably put on close to 30 miles I would guess and Josh I know what did you say your Garmin said so the first day I came in here in the first two days and we got finally got up to snow mass it was 10.3 and then it the battery died so it reset itself but I'm just short of 20 and I didn't do the hike that you guys did yesterday and today so you guys got to be 30 to 32 is my guess. Just yeah. looking at the mountain and where you went. I'm going to definitely uh, draw out everything that we did on Onyx and get an idea how far we really went and the kind of elevation changes we were at. But this morning, I know we were over 1,300 feet or 13,000 feet. We were, we were uh, well above the lake uh, looking down on it. And what's, uh, what's the lake at? 
11. 11, yeah. I would guess we were 2,000 feet above that. I mean, we could see a good chunk of it over the trees. And, I mean, that just tells you how high up we were for being so far away. But, yeah, definitely the toughest hunting I've ever done in my life. It does, I mean, nothing else even comes close to it. Not at all. Packing out elk from, you know, a 1,000 feet lower... I mean, that's not even comparable to this. This was brutal. I don't think anything we we could have done would have prepared us for this. But Yeah, you'd have to be up here every weekend to be uh, more prepared. I mean, Josh and I worked our butts off to get in shape for this. And carrying a 50-pound pack around the sidewalks of town... This is a nine-day different than a 50-pound pack through this country. Yeah. It's definitely unforgiving. You guys were even running bleachers with Uh them on. And, yeah, I can't can't think of anything other than just doing it over and over that would prepare you for doing it. No, the bleachers was nice, but it's all perfect. Every step is level. Every step is uniform. It's... Yes, it's 52 steps, but you know you're 52 steps here to the top, and then you can turn around. Here, none of your steps are uniform. None of your steps are flat. Half the time, a rock slips out from underneath your foot as you're trying to step up. You're constantly stabilizing yourself and trying to balance the pack. And if the if the trail isn't per- perfectly level, you're trying to lean into the mountain. I mean, just there's no analog for it. Yeah, I know today... I mean, we've crossed a lot of scree fields over the past couple days, but that, and not only that, but like even in the meadow today, when we were hiking back to camp, how uneven the ground was. Like, it just looks like, oh, I could just walk right through this. And every step, you know, all the weight is on your heel for one step. Then it's on the right side of your toes, and then it's on your heel again. I mean, you can't plan for it. It's really annoying actually (laughs) hiking something that looks like oh finally I have a break and then your feet just hurt every step on the way through it but you guys have some nice boots mine mine need to be upgraded for sure (laughs) I might have to do that before too long Um, but yeah it's been a fun hike or a fun hunt a lot of hiking and as Steven Ranella says it's type 2 fun it's something that's just miserable almost in the moment, and then looking back, we're all going to absolutely love it. Yeah, I have a lot of good memories and a lot of a lot of cool stuff that I never even knew happened, really. I mean, today we, we were witness to a rock slide while we were having lunch that I don't know of anything that was up there to trigger it. Mm-hmm. We just heard it, all the chaos and started looking around and saw a little plume of dust and I mean, it had to be five, six hundred yards away from us. Yeah. And you could just hear it rumbling in the in the basin that we were in. Mm. And it took us a while to figure out where it was at and what happened. But it was odd. I mean, there's just a lot of stuff when you get this far back in here that just nature and the parts that you don't get to see outside of the Discovery Channel until you live it. Yeah, I mean, we've camped three of the most beautiful places I've ever camped overnight have all been on this trip, um, including tonight. I mean, the spot we're in right now, we're overlooking uh, a beaver 
pond and a trout stream. Just a huge valley with mountains on every side. Um, but it's treacherous for sure. Things could go wrong in a hurry. And I think one of my next purchases is going to be one of those in-reach deals that you have, Josh. Because, I mean, you can kind of do everything on that, can't you? Yeah. No, I've been able to communicate uh, with my wife. So text messages using the my phone, my Bluetooth to it. And you can communicate, let them... Let them know how you're doing and how you're feeling. They can ask you questions. So my four-year-old, you know, it's good for her to be able to kind of talk to daddy a little bit. Um, and then you can turn on tracking. So uh, my wife or my mom or um, Sean or Dan's wives could log into this website that we sent them. Um, and it pings the inReach and they can actually see exactly where we're at GPS-wise on the map. Um, when it's got a clear shot of the sky, it'll show you your uh, alt your altitude, uh, your north, uh, your latitude, longitude. Um, it does a lot of really, really cool things. Um, and then the worst case scenario, you got the SOS button, which sends that latitude, longitude. And uh, since we're in Colorado and we bought Colorado tags with our 25 cent fee, we had the uh, search and rescue fee covered. So. Uh, worst case scenario, which was a definite possibility for these two guys in the country they came out of just talking to them about the logs they're trying to jump over and under and getting their feet stuck or getting cranked and turned and blowing a knee out. You know, that kind of SOS feature is a, a godsend in this country. Yeah, we were both thinking about that today. Like, how, how do you even go about it if something happens? Because we, neither of us had that in-reach, didn't have that SOS feature with us and so basically if something happened to me Sean would have to come down here mm -hmm. and hit the SOS button and then they'd have to try to find me again exactly because the country we were in I mean yep everything looks the same it's the deepest darkest nastiest timber you can imagine yeah no it would trail be very difficult to find yep. find someone and I mean, that's that's the beauty of the inReach it just it sends that latitude longitude so they know exactly where you're at even if they can't reach you with an aircraft they can send some mules or some llamas or a team of guys that can go up and, and find that exact latitude longitude with their gps's and they'll find you <laughs> there's yeah. no horses or mules getting where we were <laughs> just no. goats goats and you two yeah i i mean it would have been a full day day and a half before they could even get to us probably oh for sure um yeah it was it was pretty brutal but yeah, new boots and uh, an inReach are my next two purchases, I think. Um, but, Sean, thanks for having us along on the hunt, man. Oh, man, I definitely couldn't have done it without you guys. This was, uh, it was grueling. It was, uh, it's the hardest thing I've ever done, physically. I mean, it, it was nonstop work for the last four days, five days. And just busting our butts every day to just try to get into goat country and we kind of chose the wrong drainage I think to start with and uh, we see we can see a lot of goats but we just can't make a play on any of them and so that made it a lot tougher for us we had to work a little harder to actually get into a spot to make a play on one but uh, I don't know it's definitely not for the uh, week or the Pain apart. Yeah, I'm glad I got the tag young. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't imagine. I mean, it would have to be a mule hunt or a llama hunt once you get up in age. I can't, I can't imagine doing this 
10 years from now. Uh, it's It'd be worth hiring an outfitter. Yep. Yeah, it was cool that we were able to get it done, but uh, it definitely came with a price physically and <laughs> for you financially. Yeah. But uh, it was worth it, man. I definitely appreciate you having us along and um, a lot of cool stories to come from it that we're going to be telling for a long time. Well, we're still bear hunting for the next few days, so. Yeah, so the next, I mean, our game plan now is to hike out tomorrow, get to the truck. We got to go get your goat checked in, and then it's going to be bear hunting. We're in bear country. I mean, we've, we found bear crap yesterday it was that was probably the size of one of those mini soda cans. I mean, it was that big around. Yeah. There's big bears out here. And so we're going to hike out, try to get some info on bears, and um, then hopefully fill Josh's tag as well. And it'll be great to not have to hike it 10 miles out. Exactly. <laughs> Through a minefield of death. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, our packs are going to be fully loaded tomorrow. So we'll see what happens, but that's the game plan is uh, from here, head out, and then get after a bear. So we'll keep you guys updated, and uh, hopefully you enjoy all these stories. Yeah. All right, guys, and that wraps up the mountain goat hunt as well as today's episode. I do want to fill you in on a couple details because um, there were a few things. I mean, we didn't go over in detail the whole shot sequence, uh, recovery of the animal, all of that. What ended up happening, Sean had to take several shots at this goat. The first shot, um, I remember, and looking back at the video, I told him that he had missed high. In reality, I don't know if that's the case. Watching the video, you can kind of see the vapor trail of the shot on like a larger screen. And it looked like he either hit low or actually made a good shot on it. But the reaction of the animal, as well as the fact that I saw dust uh, come up above the animal... Um, after he shot made me think that he missed high and that's what I told him he did take a follow-up shot and that shot went through vitals and took out the opposing shoulder at which point the goat jumped and started to run down toward the cliff and so I was videoing or trying to video as best I could and so he took another shot as it was running toward the cliff because if it had made it to the cliff and off the cliff I mean it was at least a hundred foot drop so I don't know what kind of condition the goat would have been in had it had it dropped off the cliff. It would have been a decent and easy recovery, but obviously with respect to the animal, the meat, the hide, all of that, like we didn't we didn't want that. We wanted it to die on top, be in good condition once we recovered it. And so when he had made the sh third shot, um, it dropped, and we started to move toward it. Um, we had cleared probably 150 yards and we looked up and noticed that that goat had then moved down from the spot that it dropped to the cliff edge. And so we hiked up and around the cliff and once we got over this knob, we could see the goat. Its head was still up. It was facing uphill, at which point Sean got settled on his pack and made yet another shot. And that shot was the finishing shot, but when he when he pulled the trigger, it stood up, kind of spun around, and then started stumbling down the mountain. Um, luckily, there was about a 10-foot 
more of a gradual but very steep point in the mountain and uh, then a small ledge, a very small ledge that it ended up expiring on. And so when we recovered it, it was probably about two, two feet away from this edge or from the edge of that 100-foot cliff. So we're very thankful that it didn't drop off the edge. We made it over there, and on the way over there, Sean was like, dude, get the rope out of your pack. I'm going to go and try and, like, get it around this thing and pull it up. But before I could get the rope out, he was already running over to it, grabbed it by the horns, and had pulled it up after it expired. And so we ended up cleaning the animal up there, quartering it, deboning it, getting everything in our packs, and then we made the hike out. And so we did take some time to just look and appreciate the view, looking back at the lake that we had camped at a couple nights prior. Um, it, it was just unbelievable, very breathtaking. I, I can't fully describe it and do it justice, but uh, it's something I will never forget, the whole sequence. Luckily, I got a lot of it on video. And unfortunately, I, I need to get better with technology because looking back at the video, when I transferred it from my camera or from my card to the computer, I don't think it transferred in the highest quality. Um, it should be 4K and it definitely does not look that way. So I'll post the videos. Hopefully you guys can still enjoy it even though it's not the greatest quality as well as my camera work needs some work itself. Um, in the moment, you know, I wasn't as focused on filming. It was more being present, um, giving whatever support I could to Sean. And so some of that meant, uh, shaky camera work or, you know, me stumbling, trying to get settled to get it in a more stable position. But all in all, we did get some video of it. Um, we got a lot of good pictures and so we'll be posting all of those on the Instagram, um, the nomadic outdoorsman Instagram. So go check that out. Hopefully you will enjoy that, hearing all of this, and then being able to go and actually look at the video, um, see the pictures, see the, see the area that we hunted. Uh, should be a treat for you. So it was a ton of fun. I'm glad I could bring all this uh, content to you. And until next time, always choose adventure. Get out and go kayak or hike or climb or hunt fish. Whatever floats your boat, go and do it. Um, and as always, God bless, uh, stay safe out there. I hope you guys are having success right now. Sean and, uh, the whole crew that I elk hunt with are actually at elk camp right now. Season started yesterday for them. I don't have any updates, but on this next podcast, I'll update you on how they did, um, out in the mountains of Colorado chasing after bull elk. So God bless. We'll see you next time.